Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! I'll start today uh, with all the baseball uh, nonsense from the last four or five days. And let me start with a positive first. That Jeter documentary, which I went into it, you know, uh, essentially not expecting a whole hell of a lot. Number one, whether Jeter would be open and give him something interesting. And number two, would I learn anything being a chronicler of Jeter's career, you know, basically uh, since 1996, at least in New York, that's about 13 years. Would I be in a situation where I pick up anything with Jeter. I was asking Erickson, he aforementioned about how many times Jeter would come on in the course of that period with us. And I would say twice a year, uh, you know, mid-year, maybe spring training, not on the eve of the playoffs, but but mid-year spring training, something along those lines, we'd put Jeter on. So, you know, you figure 20 times, maybe 25 times over a period of time. But the bottom line is, the so I was wondering what I would learn, and I only saw episode one, and shame on ESPN for starting a damn thing at 11 o'clock at night. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, uh, i very impressed with it. They did a hell of a job. I have to admit, they did a hell of a job. I thought Buck was great, Shaw Walter. Uh, I thought his parents were very, very good. Derek was pretty open. It was unbelievable to see Gerald Williams in there, who just passed away, who his best friend was. Um, you know, Joe Sherman did a very, very good job in there. Uh, the director did a good job. Very impressed with it. He got six more to watch. I'm sure it's on ESPN Plus, if you want to go in that direction. And I'm not here to give them any pats on the back. I know everybody thinks, oh, now Russo's going to do that because all of a sudden he's part of the Mickey Mouse crew. Now, that's not the case. Uh, I would tell you if I didn't like it, and I know everybody killed me about the whole Norman thing when I did that great Norman 98 80s, 80s, uh, the 96 blow, um, blow up at the Masters and how good that was. But this is very good. I really got into the first one, and I am not a Yankee fan. And really, episode one was more about the 95. The um, was more about the 95 Yankees than it was about Jeter. It was that team with Mattingly that lost to Seattle uh, in that uh, baseball uh, first round, three games to two. The Griffey scoring on the base hit in the left field corner it was really more about that than it was anything else. But anyway, it's very good. So that's number one. Now I wanted to get that on the uh, on the board for you first. Number two, uh, the home run derby is a disaster and the whole weekend, I don't know what the exa- what what they could do um, you know, to pick up the pieces. I also have not seen a rating and I was hoping I would see one compared to a year ago or even a couple of years ago. Uh, they didn't have it a couple of years ago, pandemic, you know, maybe pre-pandemic in last year. But boy, I had a lot of trouble getting into the home run derby. Uh, whether it was because of the you couldn't pick up the ball very well uh, because of the Twilight, and so the distance was trick was difficult to chronicle. Uh, the idea that you know uh, maybe Schwerber tanked to give Pujols into the second round, you know wh- whatever it was, I had a lot of trouble getting into it. First off, it's way too long. It started at eight twenty, which is going back to the Jeter documentary, which was going to start as soon as that was concluded, and I didn't lend to about quarter to eleven. I mean, two and a half hours to watch them hit fungos out of the ballpark. I mean, really now? This is what I'm doing. And by the way, there were a lot of empty seats at Dodger. Not in the pavilions, but a lot of empty seats for that. Uh, this is what we're going to do now. We're going to spend three and a half hours, two and a half hours hitting fungos. And we're going to take basically breaks after 50, every, every minute. I mean, why did they add a 30-second break at the end of the competi- at the end of each round so the player can still get the extra 30 seconds? And then he maybe gets another 30 seconds if he hits two balls over 440 feet. Why would he get an, He gets basically, I can see getting an extra two uh, 30 seconds based on the distance of a couple of home runs, but why get another 30 seconds? 
So you do this for three minutes. Oh, and by the way, take a break. We'll come back again in 30 seconds. Why is that the case? You didn't earn it. Yeah, I mean, why do you get an extra third? So that just, it's inevitable. It just doesn't end. On and on. And then you get a timeout. And you call the timeout after, I understand they get tired, but isn't that the idea? I mean, you know, see how they handle the heat and, uh, you know, they get they get fatigued. Oh, it just took freaking forever. I couldn't take it. I, I, you know, listen, I don't like the slam dunk. I think that's a waste of time. The only thing that is somewhat amusing is the three-point shooting. You know, I'm not watching the skills competition at the NHL All-Star Game. Forget the Pro Bowl. That's, that, that is so bad, it's, it's hard to even fathom. But I, I have a lot of trouble with it. I, I really do. I have a lot of trouble getting into that home run derby. And I've always been that way, and I've been in a million of them, you know. So I had been there in person. I was there when they did it in 90 for the first time. I was there in 93. Well, it wasn't the first time they did it, but I was there in 93 when they did it in the daytime at Camden Yards. Uh, I was in Pittsburgh in 94. I was in uh, 96. Uh, I made the trip to uh, uh, to Philadelphia. I, I went Bonds and McGuire at, that, at the vet. I was there for that. I've been in a million of these things, and I'm telling you right now, uh, I was there with my old man watching Soul Set the Ball 510 feet with needles in his rear end uh, in uh, Atlanta in two. Th- I mean, I, I've been in a million of these things, but I, I have trouble getting into it. So that's uh, that's number one. And uh, number two, I don't know what to do with the All-Star game. I mean, but boy, oh, boy, is it stale. Uh, you know, uh, you're going to scream and yell about the uniform and about everybody's wearing that Nike uniform. When the game is such a, is at the point of being an incredible, just an exhibition, I don't care why they got their nude. I, I could care less. If they're not going to put anything on the game and there's no competitive value to the game, they're going to mic up everybody and Cortez is going to tell uh, tell people what's going on in the process of throwing balls and strikes to Trevino. And then I'm going to have Stanton and Judge have a running conversation in the outfield with Joe Davis. Really? I mean, when we're going to do that during an All-Star game, I'm out. I, I don't, you know, go out there with a, with a jock on. I, I could care less. I'm not interested. I mean, there's just no competitive payoff whatsoever. I mean, my gosh, please. I mean, you go out there and you got an All-Star game. I mean, can you have a, a little competitive payoff in a game? I can't sit there and spend three hours watching basically an exhibition game. It'd be like going to spring training and watching a spring training game and sitting there for three hours. I know you're telling me these are all stars. Still, it's the same thing. It's the same. There's nothing, at least in spring training, they're trying to go out there and make the team. I mean, it's not even that. Oh, I can't watch it. I missed the flyover. I missed the Mookie Betts celebration of the Rachel Robinson 100th birthday. I missed that too. I saw the highlights, but I missed it. I'm sure they did a flyover. I had a lot of trouble getting into the game. I have to admit, I'm not sure what the answer is. They, they you know, this is not the old days when, you know, uh, Mays is playing against Mantle. When Ruth is hitting against Carl Hubble, uh, where Clemente and and, and and you know Pete Rose is running into Ray Fossey, I understand. Uh, but the National League owned the American League, and there was some drama in the game. But boy, oh boy, it is uh, all the uh, edge to the game is is down the drain. It's a, it's a waste of time. I don't know what they – and again, I thought at least they try to fix it a little bit by putting home field advantage, uh, World Series home field advantage on the game. At least if you, it kept you somewhat interested, the managers paid attention, and there was a little drama in the game, there was absolutely nothing in the game. Nothing. Yeah, there's nothing else to say. There's nothing. And I'm not sure – and all the All-Star games are a mess. Uh, the NBA All-Star game is a dunkathon. Nobody plays defense first to 180, so that's not good either. But, I mean, it's, it's unwatchable. 
And then finally, Soto. Um, that would be the last scenario that I want to say. You know, here's what Soto wants. Soto wants to basically tell you that it's not his fault that the contract negotiations broke off. And he also wants to tell you that he's annoyed that the athletic, you know, that somebody in the Nationals camp leaked it. Well, hold on now. You're a high-priced, you know, you're a huge athlete. You want $450 million or more. The fan base in Washington, which supports the team both emotionally and with their wallets, have every right, every right, to know what their team is doing with its big star regarding his future. And if, in fact, the team offers you $440 million and you don't sign it, well, obviously, you know, you don't want to be part of the Nationals. You want out, which we all knew anyway because of the fact that, you know, he wore the jerseys and, you know, he kind of expressed interest in Steve Cohen. and So we all knew that, you know, this was in the works for a long time as it is. But, I mean, again, if you don't sign a $440 million contract, you do not want to play for the Washington Nationals. And I don't want to hear about, well, you know what, why would I want to sign a contract when I don't know who my boss is? Well, hold on now. If they give you $440 million and the team is up for sale, the guy who buys the team is not going to go be he's not going to go now basically shrink pennies because he's got a right fielder making $440 million. Anybody who buys the team knowing that he's in the fold at that kind of money is going to buy the team to try to win. He's not buying a team to skim pennies. He's not doing that. Why would anybody buy a team with a right fielder for $440 million and not spend any of the money to make, to make that team good? That's, that's the dumbest argument in the world. So, well, we're not going to sign here because we don't know who our boss is. Nonsense. You don't want to sign here because you don't want to be on a team. It's as simple as that. And then you got to go to get Boris involved with picture day on Monday where he answers questions when he's, because he doesn't want to have Soto ask the questions. I mean, it really is. It's a little tough. I mean, it is a little tough. Uh, it's preliminary it's, it's, there, it's a little tough. So Soto, he's out. Where he goes remains to be seen. He doesn't want to be part of the Nationals team. It's obvious. And the Nationals need to trade him. And probably sooner rather than later, and I explained to you this way back in May, when you got the feeling with Boris that he's never going to agree to a long-term contract. Meanwhile, the ratings, Eddie, what do they have? I don't see him there. Right, 8.3 8. million is the one I got. Now, I want to verify it because last time I got this wrong, but the one I came up with was 8.3 was the total audience. That's for the uh, home run game. derby All-Star or the All-Star game? game? All-Star game. Hey, is that up or down? It's about the same, right? Doesn't, didn't give a comparable, but I will find that. All right, and then we don't have the first, we don't have the um, home run derby numbers either in ESPN. Anyway, but so that's where I wanted to begin today. I don't know what you could do to make that game entertaining. I'm bored stiff. The home run derby is too long, too tedious, and it's just, I can't get into it. I say, say that every year. I mean, I, I, Eddie will tell you, he's been with me at these All-Star games a lot. I walk out half the time. It's so tedious. Oh, God, it's tedious. Um, and I, again, I've been in a million. I was, at, I was at Yankee Stadium and Hamilton hit all those home runs, which was fun for a while, but it's just so tedious. And I can't listen to Soto. Uh, you know, just, you know, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Guys, I am not signing with the Nationals. I'll play out my contract for two years. I'll give you everything I have. I've earned the right to be a free agent, which he has. And at the end of the 2024 season, I'm leaving. Players want to, like bets in Boston, they want to leave, but they don't want to tell you that they want to leave because they're afraid of the repercussions. Then they're going to get booed and everything else. So they want out in the worst way. He wants out of there so bad, and he wants out, but he doesn't want to tell you because if he tells you, then he doesn't know what the backlash is going to be. That's what it comes down to. 
So he goes to this long song and dance about contract negotiations when everybody knew there was no way he was signing a contract. They could offer him $640 million. He's not staying there. Now watch the Jeter documentary. It's very good. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82.